Hello, you are listening to an episode of Trade Talks, a podcast about the economics of trade policy. I'm Samir Keynes, the US Economics and Trade Editor for The Economist. And I'm Chad Bown, a senior fellow with the Peterson Institute for International Economics. This week was a big week for Trade Talks. It was my 30th birthday, and I got two birthday gifts. On Wednesday, my actual birthday, the Federal Reserve cut interest rates. And then on Thursday, as a sort of non-treat, President Donald Trump announced that a tariff of 10% would hit the remaining $300 billion of Chinese imports that haven't already been hit by tariffs. Here's Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, at the press conference on the Wednesday. The the position of the economy is is as close to our uh, objectives as as it's been in a long time. And the outlook is also good. What, what we've been monitoring since the beginning of the year is effectively downside risks to that outlook from weakening global growth, and we see that everywhere, weak manufacturing, weak global growth now, particularly in the European Union and China. Um, uh, in addition, we see uh, trade policy developments, which at times have been disruptive and then have been less so, and also inflation running b- below target. So. We see those as threats to what is clearly a a favorable outlook, and we see this action as designed to support them. Very quickly, for the complete novices out there, the Fed is America's central bank. It's really important for the U.S. economy and for the global economy, and even for global trade because of the dollar. American monetary policy influences the value of the dollar and a lot of other stuff. So generally, the Fed is important, the Fed matters for reasons that go well beyond trade, if if Trade Talks listeners can can even imagine that. But this week's events were actually particularly relevant to Trade Talks listeners because it looks like the trade stuff has actually affected the Fed's decision-making. And some people are asking whether the Fed's decision-making could be influencing the trade stuff. To talk us through everything, we'll be joined by Adam Posen. Adam's been studying central banks for a long time. He also has more than his fair share of practical experience as a central banker, having served as an external voting member of the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee from 2009 to 2012. That's the UK's Fed. Adam is also the president of the Peterson Institute for International Economics. Which is why Samaya gets to ask him all the really hard questions. Adam, hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So this week, the Fed cut interest rates for the first time in over a decade. What's your take on why they did that? The problem with figuring out what the Fed did in terms of why is it is set by a committee. And so what happens in a committee, as people know from their normal lives or workplaces, is you can all end up at the same decision, but for multiple reasons. So you've got 12 Reserve Bank presidents and then up to seven members of the Federal Reserve Board. And generally, the chair gets their way. But he or she may get their way by having a different offering for different people. So some people voted for the cut because they're genuinely worried the U.S. might go into recession. Some people vote for the cut because they're genuinely worried that the trade uncertainty being created is directly harming the economy. Some people went for a cut because wage growth still isn't that strong and they'd like to see whether wage growth gets stronger if they let the economy run. Some people went for a cut because the expectations of inflation as best the Fed can measure them seem to be going down and they don't want them to keep going down. And then, of course, there were two very experienced members of the FOMC who voted against the cut because they're worried about financial stability. And I think part of the reason Chair Powell's press conference was seen as confusing is because there isn't one reason. Different people have different reasons this time. 
One of the things that I was really struck by when listening to the press conference, when when Jay Powell was explaining why there had been this interest rate cut, is is the emphasis he was placing on global uncertainty. And my understanding is that in the past, the Fed has been much more focused on what's going on in the US economy and then the rest of the world can suck it up, basically. Whereas this seems to be you know, a real change. Does, does that reflect your understanding too? Absolutely. This is a definite shift. Not so much that they're caring much more about the rest of the world, because frankly, if they care too much about the rest of the world, Congress will get on them. Uh, So it has to be justified in terms of what happens to the U.S. economy. But it is a change that they're putting international developments front and center. So if you look at the last 40 years, say, uh, 45 years, there were occasional times when the Fed would take out what they call an insurance cut because of international pressures. The biggest example was 1998. The U.S. economy was doing great, but Russia and South Korea were blowing up, and there was a direct worry that some U.S. banks were going to get into huge trouble because of a crisis abroad. This is very different. This is saying that the U.S., the whole inflation outlook, the flow of money into the U.S., the level of interest rates that people feel are being dragged down by just the the bad outcomes in mostly Europe, but also China. Do you think that shift is because the world has changed or do you think it's because the Fed has a better understanding of how these global factors influence the, the American economy? I think it's more the actual change than the understanding because every other country in the world had to deal with what the U.S. did. And so there were lots of central bankers. It was hard to do. You couldn't always get it right. But you had to think, oh, if this big economy over there does that, then maybe huge amounts of capital will flow into my economy and make a boom, or huge amounts of capital will flow out of my economy and interest rates will rise. What's changed is that the Fed has assessed, in my opinion rightly, that those kinds of effects are bigger on the U.S. now than they used to be. One of the things that President Trump likes to tweet about, though, is the really negative effect that his tariffs are having on the Chinese economy. Is it possible here that the Fed is actually worried about the slowdown of the Chinese economy and and cutting interest rates in response to that? The Chinese economy alone is not going to be enough to make the Fed move. So, for example, in 2015, just a few years ago, there was huge downward pressure on the Chinese renminbi, their currency in part because the Fed was raising. And the Fed basically said to the Chinese government, you got to do something about that. We're not changing course. So I don't think it's that. I do think, however, the way that President Trump is going after Chinese trade with disregard not only for what happens in China, but what happens to domestic U.S. consumers, to American companies, and frankly, to the trading system, that is something that the Fed is putting in. Essentially, we're seeing growth, but it's poor quality growth, in part because of the trade war, I would argue. Can you elaborate a bit on that, so this this poor quality growth? Because I suppose the other thing I was, was struck by when listening to this press conference is that it didn't seem to be so much that the trade war was having a hugely negative impact on the American economy right now. It was more the uncertainty and the risks that it could in future. So So what's your take on how the trade war is showing up in the U.S. economic data right now? It's a fair question and one people ask because even with the revisions downward in recent data, the U.S. economy has been growing pretty decently, 2.5% plus, which is fine. And But the way to think about it is, as economists say, controlling for what? What is the environment in which you're seeing this growth? And we're seeing 2.5% growth in an environment where – 
The federal government is running very large growing deficits, which puts extra stimulus into the economy. An environment in which, despite what some people say, the dollar seems to be relatively fairly valued, not hugely overvalued. And an environment in which, despite the fact the Fed cut rates, rates, interest rates were already at a pretty low level. And so you put all that together, normally strong growth, low interest rates, moderate dollar, fiscal stimulus, you would expect a boom in corporate investment. Additionally, we had all these tax cuts for corporations, and there's legitimate dispute about how big an effect they should have, but they at least should be somewhat positive. And instead, we're seeing essentially zero corporate investment over the last year and a half, two years. And controlling for all these things, it's like you don't hit home runs even if you're playing against Little League pitching. You know, there's something else wrong here. Um, and so that is about the quality of growth going forward. So then what you have is less future growth because you're doing more consumption. Government's throwing away money. Household sector's throwing away money. We're not building the future. Just quickly, the other question you sometimes hear is, why hasn't the trade war shown up more in inflation? This is actually less about the environment and more about a misunderstanding. People are absolutely right to call out the president's falsehoods about who pays the tax. Tariffs are a tax. It's American businesses and American consumers who are paying the tax. It varies from industry to industry, though, how much certain companies absorb the excess costs, right? So they import, say, an input to make an iPhone. and But they may feel that if they raise the price on the iPhone, then they'll have lose sales to Samsung or Nokia or whoever. Certainly not Huawei right now. So in that case, the company may decide, okay, we're not going to raise prices that much. We're just going to have lower profits. But also the fact is, as big as our trade with China is, it's still only covering a small share of the U.S. economy. And our colleague Chad here has done a lot of great work, which is on the PIE website, and our colleagues documenting which particular sectors you're seeing. So is it avocados and lobster? Is it electronic components? Is it soon going to be the shoes, Nike shoes on your feet? And people will feel it. But remember, most of what we buy in the economy is things like medical services, college education, gasoline, housing, those things are determined by domestic factors. And so tariffs hurt, but tariffs alone are not going to cause big inflation. One thing that I've been wondering about is just is whether it's actually too soon to tell whether some of these tariffs are having a full effect. I think the latest round of tariff increases from from 10% to 25% on around $200 billion worth of, of Chinese imports, that was only implemented in mid-June. So actually, you, I guess you might expect to have to wait a few more months before that really starts showing up in, in prices. There's no question that there are lagged effects, as the economists call it. And you're right, because if it's involving stuff, people buy stuff now for many months from now to arrive. They plan. Contracts get renegotiated. So I think there will be more tariff upside on inflation, meaning downside for the consumer, in the months to come. And then if this new round of tariffs goes through, still yet again. But it's not going to be a source of ongoing inflation. And the Fed has to distinguish between those two. Going back to the Fed cutting rates on July 31st, there's been a lot of takes out there on, on why it is they've done what they've done. Which of those do you think are actually wrong? I think there's always buzz, right? And there are usually conspiracy theories whenever 
the internet and the Federal Reserve meet. So there's all kinds of stories. So there's a lot of stories that this was due to Trump's pressure on the Fed. Now, Trump's pressure on the Fed is unseemly and annoying, but frankly, and I've been saying this for months, I don't worry about it that much. If you appoint somebody incompetent and ideological to the Fed, that would be bad. But the Fed truly is concerned about Congress. Congress is what scares the Fed. And the last two rounds of hearings, the Fed's been very well treated. And in fact, earlier in July, Congress people and the relevant committee stood up for the Fed's independence. So I don't think that's really what happened. Another theory that goes out there is sometimes that this is a currency war, that this is about driving down the value of the dollar. There are people in Congress as well as the president who are starting to talk about that, but that's ultimately the Treasury's call. And it, the Fed isn't going to do something just to move the dollar. They know that they will get retribution from other central banks, and they know, frankly, it's beyond their remit. So those are two ideas that are out there that I don't think are justified. Looking ahead now to, to what is going to happen in future, um, the, the Fed has cut rates. Do you think that that, that will really help? Do you think that it will, it will offset the effects of all this uncertainty? I mean, if you're a business and you're worried about investment because you don't know if a 25% tariff is about to hit your, your inputs, then cheaper borrowing isn't necessarily going to help you very much. What, what do you think about that idea? That's an idea I can totally get behind, as opposed to some of the crazy theories. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, we saw during the financial crisis a decade ago that you could cut rates and provide lots of liquidity, but it was mostly helpful to the real economy when you were stemming a panic, when you were dealing with something financial or a messed up financial system, not so much when you're dealing with a real problem in the economy. And that's what we're dealing with here. If the US government under President Trump is basically eroding the norms of the trading system and making business contracts and investments much less attractive, as you've spoken about on previous episodes of Trade Talks, then that's an ongoing problem. That's a repricing of risk, or rather that's a kind of risk that previous US governments prevented from happening. So yeah, the Fed can try to compensate for this kind of thing, but if it's ongoing, the interest rate moves are not going to affect that fundamental shift in the economy. Are the Fed's actions to cut interest rates then, are they likely to affect the president's behavior then in the, in the trade war? I fear they will, although there's no real logic for it to do so. I mean, in other words, we've seen President Trump decide that things are true or untrue irrespective of the evidence. So he seems to think that if the Fed's cutting rates, that gives him a stronger hand in his negotiations. Um, I don't think it matters much, uh, frankly, one way or the other. If the tariffs are going to turn the U.S. into a recession, which is possible, I don't think it's going to do it, but it's possible, then the Fed would have to cut a lot. But that's clearly showing the failure of the tariff policy. If the U.S. grows a quarter percent faster next year because of a quarter percent rate cut, which would be the high end of expectations, are the Chinese that much more likely to cave on intrusions into their whole system of state-owned enterprises and, and intellectual property? No. That's important to them. So it seems like because of the sequence this week, Trump thinks it's helping him, but the Fed is not actually changing the bargaining strength of the U.S., if you even accept that premise. The 
bargaining strength of the U.S. is very weak on making internal changes in other countries, let alone China. One take I've seen is that, that people are kind of trying to predict what the president will do based on the strength of the stock market. So I think most times when the, the president has escalated trade tensions, the stock market seems to be doing quite well. Last December, when there was this desire for a deal, there was this kind of truce, the stock market was doing very badly. Uh, so you know, perhaps we could be able to predict, predict what will happen in, in the trade war by just looking at the S&P 500. I'm less convinced of that. I think that that's been true in a lot of investors' heads, people running investment funds. They've tended throughout the last couple of years when I and Chad and others from Peters said have been sounding the alarm bell saying, oh, no, no, if, if the stock market turns down, if the S&P turns down, the president will back off. And for the first year, year and a half, you could argue that. But more recently, you can't because he's been doing this so repeatedly and, and capriciously, this being threatening tariffs, holding tariffs over countries' heads, Mexico, China, EU, that it has fundamentally eroded the ability of people to take zero tariff risk for granted. It said that, and it's fundamentally eroded the ability to think there will be a deal or a stopping point because, as many of us have pointed out, why would you do a deal with this president if he just keeps saying he's going to put on the tariffs no matter what you do? So I wrote something two months ago. We published basically a blog post saying that this is a wake-up call for markets. You've been too sanguine and that this is for real. Now there's going to be escalation and retaliation. And that's what we're starting to see. One last point, our colleagues Olivier Blanchard and Chris Collins did a short piece in which they showed that the stock market in the U.S. actually statistically moves the same direction pretty much as the Chinese and the EU stock markets when there's a trade announcement. In other words, investors, even when they're calm, recognize that what hurts China hurts U.S. and vice versa. Last question then, perhaps for all of the stock market watchers out there. There's also this take that President Trump's tariff announcement is going to have forced the Fed to cut interest rates again. You think that's right? I don't think so. Again, it's the problem is the Fed has been saying, Chair Powell was very open about the fact that the Fed and frankly macroeconomists in general don't have any good way of modeling, meaning make a disciplined guess or forecast of what the effect of the tariffs will be. Partly it's data. It's 80 years since, as you pointed out, since Smoot-Hawley in the 30s when we last saw the U.S. putting up tariffs in this kind of way. And partly it's the nature of the forecasting models. Our models are built to assume that the exchange rates move a lot to offset any of this. And for a variety of reasons, that's unlikely to happen. So the Fed and, frankly, people like me and our macro colleagues here at Peterson and people at various other institutions are trying to figure out the right way to model this. And that sounds really dweeby, but it means we're trying to figure out a way to make a better guess than just saying this is negative and it depends. Um, so is this going to force the hand of the Fed? Probably not, because as much as I hate this kind of trade policy and its bad effects on the consumer and on productivity and on, frankly, world peace, um, you can't responsibly argue this is going to be enough to put the U.S. in recession, especially when we've got a budget deal, especially when we've already had an interest rate cut. So I think in the end, 
consistent with Powell's press conference, people looking for too much more from the Fed soon are going to be disappointed. Adam, we love Dweeby on Trade Talks. I love Trade Talks. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. That is all for Trade Talks. A huge thank you to Adam Posen, the president of the Peterson Institute for International Economics, for explaining to us how the Fed is handling the trade war. Thanks, boss. And thanks also to Colin Warren, who handles our audio. Do follow us on Twitter. I'm at Samaya Keynes. And I'm at Chad Bown. And we're on at trade underscore underscore talks. That's not one but two underscores, at trade underscore underscore talks. If you're setting interest rates, two economies are better than one. You've got to worry about both the world and the U.S. now. It's much more complicated. Nailed it. Yay. (laughs) 